Hello, everyone. Welcome to No Offense, the Daily Bruins' official opinion podcast. My name is Keisha Thadimidi. I am the Daily Bruins' opinion editor, and we have a slightly different crew with us today. Um, does everybody want to want to go around and introduce themselves? Hey, guys. Um, Abhishek Shetty. I'm one of the assistant opinion editors. I'm Chris Busco. I'm an opinion columnist. Yes. Yeah, so we have a prolific crew with us. Actually, just three of us. Well, who am I? Well, who am I kidding? Is there an unofficial Daily Bruins opinion podcast? Uh, yeah. It's just uh, no, not really. I don't know. <laughs> Um, point aside though, we're going to talk about some fun things that have been going on in the news. Um, so recently Chris wrote a column about UCLA's university apartments and how their front gates and parking doors, parking garage doors are not that well maintained. Chris, do you want to give the rundown to our listeners? Yeah. So essentially this is a, this is a problem that I started noticing after I moved in the university apartments, like about two weeks into my time there, um, the gate just broke. You know, you could open it, like anyone can get in. Then the garage doors were always open. And me and my roommates and people I knew in the building were always like, what is this? So I thought to myself, okay, you know, if this is a problem we're having, I wonder if it's a problem all university departments are having, especially since I had called the maintenance hotline multiple times to get it fixed and uh, it it never happened. So just on a Saturday afternoon, I decided to like stroll around and um, look super sketchy because I I tried to break into all the university departments, which sounds really bad, but it was first story, so it's okay. Um, I found that four out of the nine uh, gates were, uh, were broken, so anyone could get in. And um, one uh, complex, just uh, its garage doors um, were completely broken. So there was five out of the nine university apartments that I could get into with no key card access, no anything, which I think is a pretty large problem considering like weekly um, residents of these apartments are getting emails de- detailing recent crime in the area, break-ins, other violent crimes that have happened around there. And they have to go home to gates that don't work or don't lock. So I guess the question there is just like, obviously, there's this notion of that maintenance isn't that great in the university departments. And if I understand, housing is now starting to fix these up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got up this morning to, to three higher ups from housing, essentially recording any problem um, that the front of the university apartment had down to like little scratches that were left when they took the address off a couple a couple years ago. So they're just now starting to really pay attention to all the maintenance issues because of this column, which I think is is kind of hilarious just because, you know, you build these nice structures and a lot of, I'm, I'm not complaining about, especially the building I live in and some of the other buildings that the university creates. They're, they're very nice places compare, com- comparable to other apartments in the Westwood area. The issue is that maintenance is not prioritized. For security, it's particularly egregious, but it happens for a lot of other things too. Like elevators is one we UCLA students all know about. And that's not just um, for the university departments, that's the entire camp. So just to clarify, these university apartments require a key card to get into the front doors and also your own apartment buildings. So when when we say the front doors are broken, that means you can basically just lug, uh, just pull them open without needing a key card. Sometimes it just operates like a regular door without a lock. So um, I actually was walking by one of the Landfair apartments the other day and it was broken. But maybe it's fixed right now. I don't really know. <laughs> We're recording this podcast on Friday, February 9th. So fingers crossed, knocking on wood, everywhere we can get hoping housing is fixing these problems. Also, we're not specifically noting which apartments are broken for safety reasons, albeit let's hope housing isn't going to sit on this for two weeks or something. I just want to ask, like, say your front door front door to the apartment building is broken, but that doesn't mean people can actually enter into your apartment. They can just enter into the lobby, right? Now, there's a bit of a problem there is because some of the apartment complexes have balconies. 
and windows that can be in like sliding doors and whatnot that can be opened. So, and I know one of the apartments, um, you can get you can get roof access without needing a key card. So if you can get on top of the roof, you can then jump onto the balconies with a little bit of minor parkour, but I mean, it's not even that big. Even I could do it if I was really committed to it, but I'm not one to jump off roofs and stuff. I'm not Batman, but I digress. Um, you could basically get into the balconies and then if any windows are open, you could go through there. Or if you're really convinced, you could break the window, but I'm no expert in breaking into homes. So disclaimer. The thing is with university apartments, it's, it's also not just the lobby of the apartment. So they're not, they don't operate like dorms where you come in and it's just the lobby. And then, you know, you have to key card access to the elevator to get up to where the rooms are. So once you're in the complex, you're in the complex. There's the laundry room there. You can get upstairs to any of the, um, outside any of the doors, outside any of the windows. So you pretty much have unfettered reign of the entire complex. Now that doesn't mean you can break into someone's apartment particularly. I mean, there are ways to get in because the windows, as Kishav were talking about, like are accessible. But say if you're walking home alone one night and somebody starts following you. I mean, we know about some violent crimes that have occurred in Westwood. Um, we know about some sexual batteries, some sexual assaults that have occurred recently. If someone's following you home, you should be able to get into the gate of your complex and be away from them. Or what if someone decides to get into the complex and just hang out, walk around? One of the editors was uh, talking, telling me a personal anecdote recently where there was a homeless person hanging outside her door um, in her university apartment, had his trash bag of stuff sitting right outside her door. I mean, when the complexes are open and accessible, people can just come in and wander around. And you should feel safe leaving your apartment door. You should feel safe within your complex. You should feel safe going downstairs to do your laundry. With the gate access not working properly, with the security not working properly, students don't. And that's, a, that's an issue. Of course, there's always the argument that, you know, university apartments aren't necessarily the targets for crime and whatnot because they're well-maintained. Um, and we haven't noticed any major instances of crime within the university apartments, at least from the crime reports, albeit they've been sort of the surrounding North Village area. But, you know, North Village is a pretty condensed and crowded area. So crime happens nearby. Well, nearby is pretty close to everywhere in North Village. Mm -hmm. um, but I suppose, like, the argument here is that, you know, the university takes the the steps to, you know, put these gates in place to you know, require key card access and stuff. And what's the point of having technology that doesn't work? Honestly, like I was walking away one of the university apartments and so you have this like, you know, 10 foot, or maybe not 10 foot, it's like eight foot tall gate. And it has this like massive security apparatus, but you just like turn the doorknob and then it opens. Even yeah. though it requires like a key card access, it has these like big blaring signs, like security, we we're watching you or whatever. And it's like, what? I will remind you that UCLA is cash strapped. Is it? <laughs> what? Hey man, when when you don't have money, these are the steps you have to take, not maintaining stuff like doors. I guess this segues into the larger conversation that Chris was hinting at, deferred maintenance on campus. Is is UCLA just sort of putting these things off until people write opinion columns about them? <laughs> I will pose that question. I mean, here's what I feel like. UCLA likes to build its $14 million conference centers. They like to build their new shiny projects and unveil them. When it comes to maintaining things, they don't like to do that because maintenance, it isn't sexy, okay? Like, they can't sell donors on maintenance. You have the Luskin Conference Center, or you have fixing all the elevators on campus. Which, which one do you think is going to make old white dudes with money flock to the school? I'd really love to see David Geffen put $200 million into fixing the elevators, you know? That would be quite interesting. He typically only gives $100 million, so $200 million is shooting for the moon. Good point. <laughs> 
But I mean, you know, if you walk by any of the, um, I mean, up until recently, there were a lot of expired elevator permits. Um, the last time I checked, they expired November of 2017. <laughs> They're always expired. <laughs> They're probably expired right now. Like, I don't doubt that, like, you know, I mean, at least on, on the Hill, like, you know, there are permits that are expiring December and November. And these permits are only supposed to be valid for, you know, a year or something. But UCLA will milk them until it's like three years on or two years later, two years overdue. And then they'll go and, you know, renew them somehow. So I, my, someone once, a family member of mine once told me, that, you know, UCLA is always an eternal construction that when they're building something or fixing something, they take so long that eventually it's it's time to go fix another thing. And then they, they're eternally building and fixing stuff and maintaining things because they're always playing catch up with all these different these deferred maintenance things. I think it would be really interesting to have the David Geffen elevator maintenance program. You know that that has a ring to it. <laughs> I mean, Geffen's trying to get his name on like a square. He has Playhouse Geffen elevator doesn't sound bad, don't you think? If if any of you donors are, you know, listening to this podcast for whatever reason, like just think about it. Your name on an elevator. People use elevators a lot, and they'll be thinking about you a lot. We're also open to sponsorships for our, for our podcast if you want to throw $100 million at. No offense. I would like to preface that the newspaper can, does have an ads department that is separate from the content section, but money doesn't hurt, I suppose. <laughs> do we have any final thoughts on maintenance? They should do it. it it's kind of ridiculous when they don't. And everybody knows that they're, they're giving everyone the runaround when you call in to get something fixed and they say they're going to fix it and they don't. Like, I don't know. It just feels not right to me, especially when you're all about prioritizing students and prioritizing student experiences. That goes deeper than just the surface. It goes deeper than just the fancy new structure. It goes deeper than the beautifully architecturally looking building. It's about making sure that students have the things they need every day to feel safe. And in addition to that, just to have the convenience necessary like to continue to function as students. That, that goes for elevators. That goes for security apparatuses. It goes for anything that needs maintenance. Um, and it doesn't sound sexy. It doesn't sell donors. But you know what it does do? It shows that you care about students. And that's really what UCLA is supposed to be about. And that's what they say they're supposed to be about. That's right, UCLA. Time to make maintenance sexy again. <laughs> we'll be back after a short break with the sexiest topic of all, Valentine's Day. Look around you. What do you see? Are there streams of red everywhere around you? Are there hearts as far as the eye can see? Has your beloved UCLA campus been plunged into hearts and red and too much romance? Well, damn right, it's Valentine's Day and you have no clue what you're doing, right? Um, yeah, so right now we're going to talk about what what's on students' minds since February 14th is just around the corner. Or since you're probably listening to this podcast right now, it's like today. And, you know, students are frantic because Valentine's Day and time to you know, fret over or weep over you not having a significant other to spend your time with. Hey, Shav, you sound sad. You sound disturbed. You sound really nervous right now. Do you have something to ask our listeners? 
no comment, but yeah, that is Liberty Feliciana. <laughs> Our, uh, she's Daily Bruin senior staffer. She's former assistant opinion editor, uh, current new senior staffer, and she has graciously decided to join us on our Valentine's Day segment of this podcast. That's right. I'm back, boys. Here to break some hearts because it's Valentine's Day and I miss no offense. So thanks for taking care of that introduction, K-Shop. We're going to talk about where you can find a date this Valentine's Day last minute if you didn't try to do it weeks ago on Brew and Meat. So what are some of our options here, boys? Are you on Tinder? Are you on Bumble? Have you been walking along Brew and Walk? I'll just be saying I've walked a Bruin Walk to get to class, but I haven't really been thinking about Valentine's Day. You know, midterms and problem sets and homework assignments have been, like, a bit more on the f- in the focus of my mind. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know, really can't really speak much to that question, unfortunately. Kishav, you can't just walk Bruin Walk. You have to walk Bruin Walk. Because if you're not putting yourself out there, how are you supposed to find a date for Valentine's Day? It's called cruising. We all do it. Cruise control. Okay, since none of you guys are on dating apps, I want to, like, throw back a little bit to Brew and Meat. Have you guys been on it? Do you have any thoughts? Unfortunately, I've been in a committed relationship for two years, so I'm not the best person to speak on this. But everybody in my girlfriend's apartment decided to get on Brew and Meat one night. Um, so I'm, I'm very familiar with the platform. What strikes me super odd is the specificity to which, like, you can choose your potential match. Um, I mean, we got, we got everything on there from specific height, race, major. Like, you can make your dream significant other. And, like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if that level of specific, specificity is, is, is necessarily a good thing. I don't know. Abhishek, do you have something to say about that? Yeah. First of all, why is there a racial preference option? Like, I don't know why. And second of all, why, why, why is that? Well, I have to ask, why does this app exist? Why are people joining it? Why can't you just accept your fate and just die alone, you know? Okay, I have a follow-up question for Chris. But first, I want to ask, we are at a public research university. Has it occurred to anyone that this is just a social experiment being conducted on students? So um, I should probably jump in. Uh, one of the Bruin Meat developers was a fellow intern with me over the summer at where I was interning in West Hollywood. And he actually tried to enlist me to help with the iOS part of the app. Unfortunately, I was I was on the busy side. And it was pitched a bit differently than it is right now. But I get the feeling this isn't because I, I know like at least 50 to 60% of the developers. And I don't think they have the time to put together social experiments. They're more interested in putting together a, putting together a product. But you never know. You know, I'm not good at psychoanalysis. I'm no Sigmund Freud. So I don't know. Thanks, Keshav. Always value your opinion. As for my follow-up for Chris, did any of your girlfriend's roommates find their match? Actually, one of them did, and they went on a Bruin Meet date last week, okay? And it was like... So they Bruin met their date? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, ambient laughter, ha <laughs> Why is Keshav still single? We'll never know the answer to this hey, question. Not gonna dodge the question. She was asking. Okay, okay. So she did. She did find a date. Okay, um, and they went to coffee. I actually don't know how it went. She hasn't told me yet. So um, I don't know. Could be. Could be potential Valentine's Day match um, sent from from Bruin Meat. I just want to know uh, what is Bruin Meat's success rate because I think it's like pretty much pretty low because you know that's how it would be. One would expect. I- I think it depends on what you consider success. So if the idea is just to meet new people and talk to them and learn about their experiences, like, Bruin Meat 
I would presume does a good job, except I feel like it'd be kind of awkward if you signed up to meet somebody and then there's a no-show, but I wonder how, no sh- how the app handles no-shows. I don't know. I haven't downloaded it yet. I probably shouldn't. And now everybody's going to make me download it after this, so you'll get a follow-up eventually. So yes, Kishav will be downloading the app in approximately 10 minutes. But aside from that, there actually is multiple settings on the app as well for what you're looking for. So you can just you can get on Bruin Meet to meet friends. There's, there's a, there's a checkbox for that. So I mean, if any of you people are real lonely, but you aren't looking for a relationship, you know, they have that too. Um, I wonder how that works. Like, it, would it be awkward to meet a friend on Bruin Meet? I don't know what you guys think about that. It just sounds really weird and sad that you try to make friends using an app instead of just going outside, you know, and talking to people in your class, you know, if it's not a serious relationship. But other organizations on campus do that, too. When I lived on the Hill, there was this whole, like, initiative where you could fill out a Google form and you'd get matched up with the person and they would be, like, your workout buddy or your dining hall buddy. Like, it was weird. Did you have the option to choose your friend's racial preferences on that? No. Oh, my God. Maybe I should have had? Wait, are you telling me that Vroomreed allows you to choose the racial preference of your friends as well and not just your relationship people? Yes, <laughs> yes I am. It's the same form for, for friends and for relationship people. So that means um, you can uh, specifically uh, set it up so that you're choosing the race of your friends as well as their major um, height and uh, other characteristics about them, which I, which I think is slightly odd. Like, I don't know, more than slightly odd. So it's basically like a PG version of Tinder, if I understand it. You don't get to choose a race on Tinder. You swipe oh. right or left depending on whether you like what you see. But isn't that a sort of like you're choosing? Because in this case, you're putting your preferences up forth, but in Tinder, it's sort of implicit in the decisions that you make. Yeah, but you don't filter out everyone that's not of a certain category. <laughs> It's not like you get to filter out all the Asian guys when you're on Tinder, you know? (laughs) I think the problem here is it's, like, fundamentally, like, exclusionary. So at least with Tinder, okay, you can essentially accomplish the same thing as Brew and Meat by setting your, um... Setting your location preference real small and just swiping left or right depending on your preferences. But the point is, like with Bruin Meat, if you don't want a particular race to show up, they don't, which is uh, problematic to say the least. I don't think it should be an option, especially not for the friend category. I mean, it's, <laughs> I really don't need the, to, to choose the race and height and major of my friends. Like, I'm not, uh, that just sounds like, like someone controlling. I guess if we want to bring this back to context, like, what is, in, in the sort of the notion of Valentine's Day, like, is Valentine's Day overrated? Like, is it is it just a time for us to bask in our loneliness and drink ourselves and, underst- and like, you know, understand the, the extent of human solitude? Like, are, why are we going so meta about Valentine's Day? Why can't we just eat the chocolate and be happy people and worry about midterms? Keshav, are you okay? I don't actually know at this point. I haven't been running on much sleep, so I have to probably not answer that question. Here's my view. I don't care about any of what Valentine's Day is made of, but I'd like to point out that Valentine's Day is probably good for the economy because you have people spending money on stuff and putting money into the economy. And that's what matters in the end, the economy. All right, will you be spending a lot of money for your girlfriend this Valentine's Day, Chris? Um, yeah, we're going to try and go to Harry Potter World. 
But I mean, something that I like to bring up about Valentine's Day, especially for college students, is it's it's not, it's on a Wednesday, week six, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes down to it, like me and my girlfriend can't even celebrate Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day because we all got assignments to do and we have class and we have things that we got to do, which means we have to like pick another weekend to do Valentine's Day, which I think is super lame. Yeah, why don't they just have Valentine's Day be like the second weekend of February or something? Because it's not a federal holiday. <laughs> Does anyone in here know why February 14th is that day? My guess is it's like half the month. I'm guessing it's because it's a saint's day. Can someone Google this really fast? So Wikipedia says numerous early Christian martyrs were named Valentine, and these Valentines were honored on February 14th. Wait, so we're romanticizing the death of people by engaging in romantic activities on Valentine's Day? Sounds apt. Oh, Okay. This makes this day ultra-philosophical now. Like, how has society devolved into just, like, lamenting about people's solitude on February 14th when it's, like, people dying in the early, day, early days, apparently? You know, what's even, you know what's even better is um, Singles Day in, in China, which is essentially just a day around the same time where everyone who is single buys stuff on the Chinese version of Amazon, which... As to Abhishek's point, if really the only benefit of Valentine's Day is the economy, then I don't know why we don't have a day like this, because that is much better. Well, there's Amazon Prime Day, there's Black Friday, there are a lot of days for singles to shop, as well as couples. But that's not the point of today's podcast. The point is, what are you doing, listeners? You want to go? No, I, I'd rather we, we not go. Um, maybe Maybe Valentine's Day is just the lone couples day of the year, and all the other days are singles days, you know? Maybe that's our way to rationalize this, right? Like, let the couples have their thing. Single people, stop lamenting and stop drinking on today. Like, you have many other days of the days of the year to, you know, enjoy yourselves. We'd also like to mention that Kishav, the fearless leader of the opinion department, is single. We're taking inquiries via the Daily Bruin opinion email. We- feel free, <laughs> feel free to send them in. Um, we'll be picking the best candidate, and he will go to coffee with them, um, pending his available schedule. That, that that email address is opinion at media.ucla.edu. Uh I I I think we should end the podcast here, guys. Um we'll catch you guys all next week in our next no offense podcast. There you go, isn't that voice handsome? Bye all.